Hey everybody, here's a special bonus bit of content for you. Basically, on February 14th, I sat down and live streamed myself recording the latest episode of Roto Ranks, or the Rankening, I'm starting to call it, and also the game portion of the latest episode of the Roto Talks Through podcast. But in addition to that, I live stream a bunch of other stuff that day. Most of it was chit-chat, a little bit of it was me demoing some gameplay, and I figure I'm going to put all that together in this one audio file for you to listen to. And I'm really kind of curious, the gameplay demo section of Marvel Damage Control, of course you can't see it, but you can hear it. So I feel like maybe it's sort of a radio play of a run-through, and if you have the opportunity, let me know what you think. But anyway, folks, hopefully you have a little bit of fun with all of this, and without further ado, let's get going for the Roto Livestream Bonus Content Show. Woo! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, how are you doing? Happy Valentine's Day. Let me be the first to say it to you, hopefully. Let's uh, throw some stickers up there on the screen. Spreading love far and wide for everybody. Uh, boy, I should have checked to make sure you can actually see and hear me. But I am going to go out on a limb and assume that you can, in fact, see and hear me. And that's oh so sweet. <laughs> ah, let's see here. So, uh, how is it going? I'm actually going to check the chat, and no one has said they can hear me yet. But no one has said they can't hear me, so I'm going to assume that's okay. I see some people uh, asking a little bit more in the uh, countdown. What was one of the games? It was Marvel Age of Heroes. Yes. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. I don't have a mug. Cheers. Okay. Um, yeah, that was Marvel Age of Heroes. Which is a really interesting and oddball game. Ever since Shay did the video, a bunch of people have commented, a competitive X-Men game? I refuse! They must always work together. And my response to them is all, have you not paid any attention to the X-Men over the last, what, 50 years? Their whole MO is dysfunctional family, and they're always breaking up and disagreeing about how to solve problems and splintering into subgroups and all of that stuff. So to me, the fact that it's a competitive worker placement game, uh, you know, themed after the X-Men, makes perfect sense. But hey, that's just one bit of Marvel goodness, because today I have got Marvel Damage Control. And I know I said I was going to unbox this, but I couldn't help myself. I've already unboxed it. You can see there is no shrink wrap on it. Jen and I played it yesterday. But I'm still going to unbox it this morning, and I'll actually set it up and give you an idea of how it plays, because I think there's pretty much no information about this, you know, the particulars of the game anywhere online yet. So you're getting breaking news, world exclusive here today. Um, oh, and by the way, thank you, Slashburn, for uh, subbing for yet another month. I'm reading the rules of Astro Knights now, hoping to get it to the table tonight, hoping a smaller footprint and quicker setup makes it an Aeons in killer. How do you feel the two stack up? Um... That's a good question. <clears throat> I, At the end of the day, there's no choice about it. Aeon's End 
is the richer, more robust game. Now, one thing that's unfair is to compare Aeon's End uh, with everything that's available for it now compared to Astronites, which has just gotten one thing with no actual... Uh, Oh, what do you call it? Uh, expansions or anything. And I, I believe Astronites has a little bit less content in it. it. has like, I don't know, eight heroes instead of ten, like original Aeon's End. But as I understand it, it was also significantly lower priced than Aeon's End as well, like by 30% cheaper or something like that. Honestly, you described Flashburn exactly what makes it... Uh, stand out is that I mean you can you can set it up in a fraction of the time and it plays significantly quicker uh, you ramp up faster everything oh and it has got one of the coolest new takes on deck building markets that the industry has ever seen and honestly I'd be happy if from now on everybody stopped copying Dominion and started copying uh, Astronites the way it does its uh, market but um, yeah I if you like Aeon's End I think you will like it I mean there, I don't see how you possibly couldn't like it. Uh, you just have to know going in, it's a little bit more streamlined, it's a little bit lighter, uh, but it's every, everywhere a bit as thematic and fun and cooperative as Aeon Den has ever been. I hope you enjoy it, uh, Flashburn. But anyway, uh, let's see. Also, uh, yeah, no, it looks like that is the outstanding stuff at the moment. So I think, folks, we got three things to do today. I'm going to open this up. I am going to set it up, and I'm going to play a turn so you can see what damage control is all about. Uh, and then I am going to continue the Rotto Rankening, which I'm, I'm actually, I haven't really given the, the, uh, series a name yet. I've just been calling it Rotto Ranks, but I kind of like the, the name, the Rankening. So I, I think uh, I'll be continuing with episode four of the Rotto Rankening, and then we'll end it with recording the uh, next episode of the Rotto Talk Show podcast, where I've got a billion and a half questions. So one thing, I'm going to try to keep the Rankening a little bit shorter. It's been going like 40 minutes the first few times I've done it. I've literally got my phone here, and when I start, I'm going to put a timer on it to try to keep myself down to like 20, 20 five minutes so I have more time for the podcast because I'm actually thinking people seem to love the ranking that I might as well switch to maybe it being like uh, instead of once a month like I was originally thinking maybe bi-weekly but anyway that's all for the future uh, let's talk about the present let's talk about this right here let's unbox a game let's get my overhead camera up uh, and of course my camera is uh, being very shy let's reset the camera uh, activate there we go. Boop. And that's the wrong view. That's everything that's just off to the side. Here's all my other extra stuff. There's Alexa. Here's my green screen. But we got to come over here. Boop. All right. Um, let's see. Actually, I can probably go on top. There we go. Yeah, that's fine. That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. All righty. So, on screen, centered. Yes. Let's do this thing. So, hey, folks, it's damage control. Marvel's cleanup crew. Epic battles between heroes and villains decide the fate of the world and keep citizens safe. But often these brawls leave a path of destruction in their wake. After the dust settles, somebody must pick up the pieces. That's where the damage control team comes in. Each player leads a rival cleanup crew tasked with finding and securing dangerous artifacts and technologies buried in the rubble. Doc Ox, severed ten uh, tentacles, damaged Ultron drones, Terrigen crystals, and more. You'll use your deck of damage control employees to demolish, uncover, and collect the rubble cards uh, in search of valuable items. 
which you will then add to your deck. It's a deck builder. Uh, you can use uh, items' powerful abilities to make your deck stronger, and then send them to your vault. It's a deck deconstructor as well, which I always love. Um, only the items stored in your vault will score at the end of the game, so don't hold on to them for too long. As the Marvel Universe's leaders in cleanup and reconstruction, your team is sure to wreck the competition. So, again, like I said, already open. Here's the rule book. Uh, pretty short and sweet. I have to admit, there were a couple of things I wish they would have specifically stated that they didn't. After I read the rules, uh, you know, when Jen and I played the game, we're like, well, how does this work? And like, well, okay, you never actually said I can play a card into a space that's already been played. But I don't see how the game works if you can't do that. So I'm going to assume you can do that. So overall, I'm going to give the rules a B-. It would have been nice if they'd just been a, a little bit clear on a few more things. But anyway, here we go. What just happened? Flying Stucks Rocker! Thank you for rocking the place by resubscribing with Prime. Um, you've been at it for six months. I appreciate keeping the channel going. So anyway, um, the game does have a solo mode. So I'm just going to set up for a solo mode. This is my desktop. This is the portion of the rubble-strewn uh, city. After the Avengers took down whoever, let's say Kang, in Quantumania. Uh, I can't wait, folks. Oh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, I'm definitely going to be there opening day. But on opening day, Jen is going to be down in central Oregon visiting her folks with her sister who flew up. And so I'm not going to have a car. And the nearest uh, movie theater is like... 14 miles away from me. So on Thursday, I am going to bicycle 14 miles to go see, um, you know, Ant-Man Quantum Mania on the opening day so I can avoid spoilers. I haven't watched a single trailer for it. I don't know anything. Make mine Marvel. I'm so excited. So anyway, this is if you're playing a solo or a two-player game. The uh, the construction or the, the, the destruction zone gets bigger because you've got these little extenders that uh, make the space bigger for a three- or four-player game. So what else do we have? We have a whole bunch of these tokens, which we just call bucks, but thematically they represent influence with the various superheroes. And if I recall correctly, everybody starts with one influence, right? And you can earn more over the course of the game. And oh, see, everybody has their desktop and they have their vault. Because we're going to be finding artifacts left over from the battle. And we can use them ourselves to uh, you know, continue to clean up, or we can store them in the vault, which is how they turn into points. So you always have that tough thing. Oh, this is an incredibly powerful card. If I get rid of it to score these three points, I'll never get it again. All right, so. And then the other thing you get, big old deck of cards. All righty. So. And this is all still fairly fresh in my mind because Jen and I played it yesterday. So there is a list of general purpose artifacts and whatnot that will appear every time you play. Right? I think this is 40 cards. And then on top of that, as part of setup, Oh, and here's a little player aid. As part of setup, you are supposed to pick who was in the epic battle between heroes and villains, which are what all of these cards are. Uh, oh, no, these are, you know, it's a deck builder, so you have your starting cards. So, the, the battles could have been between Asgardians, which, oh, shoot. Oh, I don't have my, ah, what the heck, I'll just bring it up like this. I don't have time to turn on my green screen right now. So, hey, there's uh, Loki gets into trouble in New York and left some stuff behind. Thor's helmet and whatnot. Or it could have been um, Vibranian Synthesis, uh, which is to say a lot of stuff having to do with... Um, oh, wait. Oh, are these out of order? Oh, crap. I didn't put these all back. Oh, no. This is just in the wrong place. That was another Asgard one. Right. Okay. And there's another Asgard one. And then... Okay. Yeah. So, the Vibranium Synthesis. Wow. I need to sort these out. 
Okay, I guess I didn't put it away quite as thoroughly as I thought I did yesterday. And there's a, right, vibranium synthesis. So basically, there was a fight between Asgardians, Wakandans, um, Ant-Man, and uh, various shrinky, growy type people, and Doctor Strange, because there's another deck of Mystic leftovers. So here's the Pym Tech. All right, Mystic. All right, here's all the Doctor Strange stuff. So I did not do a very good job of dividing all these back when I put them back together. Mystic. And then here's the rest of the Vibranium. You know, Kimono Beads, Raw Vibranium, or a Vibranium Claw, etc., etc. So, every time you play, you pick two of these factions that were involved in the big battle. Let's say it is Pimtech, in honor of Quantumania, that starts this week. And, um, the, oh, you know, Wakanda Forever. Right? The most recent other Marvel. Um, obviously, I'm sure these were chosen to kind of coincide with the more recent Marvel Cinematic films. So anyway, this is the combination of everything that can be found amongst the rubble, right? And you got to shuffle it up real good, which, uh, how much time do I spend shuffling? How much time do I make the audience literally wince and recoil in pain as I do a really half-assed riffle shuffle? I really need to learn how to do the bridge thing. I saw Paula Deming doing a, uh, what was it? Um, oh, what's that sponsor that does a lot of, you know, um, where you can learn online courses? She did one and she saw it. It taught me how to riffle shuffle. And then she showed herself riffle shuffling. And it was okay, but it wasn't much better than what I can do. Um, so I don't know if it was the uh, greatest ad. But hey, I'm glad Paula's getting paid because Paula is one of the best. So anyway, so. Um, this is the big old deck of stuff. Probably needs to be shuffled a bit more. And now, as part of setup, you start strewing stuff. And what's supposed to happen is each player, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And then two face up, 18, or 17, 18. Okay. And everybody's supposed to get a fraction of this. And so everybody's supposed to be throwing these in. It doesn't matter if they're kind of hanging over the edge. It's only if it would have been... Actually, I think maybe it has to be a little bit inside the zone, if I recall correctly. So that one had to go back again. But this one's a bit inside the zone. So anyway, there we go. And then here's more stuff that might show up as we start clearing the rubble. Alrighty. So then, because we picked... What did we pick? We picked uh, Pym Particles. So there's Ant-Man and the Wasp who might show up. And we picked, oh, a Black Panther and Shuri might show up. And they get randomly shuffled into the deck of the rest of the heroes who just happen to be hanging around New York all the time. So this will be a collection of heroes who are in the neighborhood. They don't stick around for long. So if you want to get them on board, you have to impress them with the work you're doing and maybe exert a little influence to get them to stop and uh, here we go and help out. Spider-Man, J. Jonah Jameson, War Machine, Black Panther, and Hulk. And then we've got that deck. Okay, and we're set up, ready to go. Wait, oh, but then I also have a, a starting deck of two engineers, three construction crew, and... Right, and everybody has the same starting deck of, I think it was two engineers and three construction crew. And then we also have us. You know, we're the manager of the crew. And let's say I am uh, Lenny Ballinger. One of the simplest ones, but that's okay. So this is my starting deck. And by the way, folks, I am doing all of this from memory. So I might be getting some numbers wrong. Maybe there were supposed to be a few more cards here. I, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be uh, 
two engineers and three construction crew. But I do know that the game begins and uh, your hand size is one, two, three, four. Okay, and what have I got? Here's what you do on your turn. Um, and this is the same whether you're playing solo or a multiplayer game. You are going to play all of the cards in your hand. After you have played all the cards in your hand, you have the opportunity to recruit heroes, which is uh, part of the deck building you can do, so that you'll be able to use them in the future. And then your turn is over, you'll refill your hand. If your deck is empty, you'll reshuffle, all that normal stuff. So what do I want to do? Well, all these cards do different things. My engineer here can either extract face-up stuff, like this Vibranium Spear or this Pym Particle Formula, or instead, you can see there's a little and or, they can uncover. And what that means is I pick one of the face down cards and flip it because maybe I'm looking for something particular. Maybe, I mean, you cannot interact with stuff unless we've uncovered it first. So that's what my engineer could do. My other engineer could do the same thing. My construction crew could um, uncover, i.e. flip something up, or they could demolish it. And this is how you make more money. You look at something that's out there that's already face up and you say, Oh, I don't want that. But you want that, don't you? That's the perfect card for you. So I play the construction crew. I demolish the thing. It is removed from the game. And I get two more influence, as an example. So anyway, what am I going to do? Oh, and then my guy, Lenny Ballard, uh, his thing is, hey, I can, uh, I can have four different things I can do. Uh, the other characters, some of the characters are a little bit more complex. Lenny's pretty simple. So what do I want to do? Well, um, let's see here. Looking around, if I were to do that and that, and are there... Yes, there are. Let's say what I really want is to recruit Spider-Man. Because I love Spider-Man. I love me some Peter Parker. And um, to do that, at the end of my turn, I will have had to have done two uncover actions, and I will have had to play an artifact card that is based on Earth technology. Right? So... Let's say, uh, as opposed to if I want to recruit Black Panther, he wants to see me extract two things, to recover two things from the board. Um, and the Hulk, he wants to see me uncover something and smash something, because of course that's what Hulk wants. So depending on what cards I play and how I play them, I will be able to um, you know, recruit different heroes, depending on what my overall strategy is. So if I want to get Spider-Man, because he's not worth any points, um, but he gives me an ongoing power for the rest of the game. As long as he's with me, I can every turn uncover something for free. That's really awesome. Hulk, instead, uh, he is worth two points at the end of the game, and I can activate him once by spending two of my influence, and what he'll do is he will um, extract something, but he will also create more destruction. We'll end up drawing another card uh, and dropping it down into the mess. So more stuff might start to show up, say, if Hulk comes around and starts beating the crap out of things. So anyway, I want to recruit Spider-Man. That's my end goal, which means I know I've got to uncover twice. So let's say I use this construction. That's going to be my... Remember, I'm going to play all my cards, and then my turn is over. So I'm playing this to uncover something. Let's go on ahead and uncover this one that's almost off the board. And you just uh, flip it over to where it was. The rules are pretty lax. Try to get it roughly to where it was. It's okay. But I just uh, uh, found Shocker's Gauntlet, which is now another thing I could uh, find. Now, I know Spider-Man, he wants me to uncover more stuff. So let's go on ahead and use my Engineer, which could either let me extract one of these three things. But I've got another Engineer. Let's go on ahead and use my Engineer to uncover another thing. Now, there is one rule. I can't uncover this. I should zoom in a little bit. Boop. Boop. 
Uh, if you'll notice, there's this radar icon in the center. It says unless that radar is completely exposed, you can't, it's, it's considered buried and you can't uncover it. So I could flip that or that, even though it's a little bit covered, or that or that or that. That one just barely, but that one not. Let's just keep it simple. Let's uncover this one. And I found some fan mail. It's not always rubble under here. Um, you Basically, there are people hanging around watching. And this represents the opportunity that we can make another fan for our team. Hooray. Okay. So, I've still got two more cards to play. Um, I am now going to use my other engineer to extract. All right. So, we put it over here. Uh, if I wanted to uncover, I'd play it over here. I'd have three uncoverings. But instead, I'm going to play it over here to extract. And that means I could take any of these cards and add them directly. Oh, I like the uh, Shonk says, well, maybe that was somebody who was uh, you know, just hanging out. And actually, maybe that is somebody they were rescuing from the rubble. I didn't even think about that. You're probably right. Yes, these are people who need to be saved as well. Which, of course, makes it incredibly timely for the incredibly sad time we live in right now. Um, yeah, that makes a lot more sense that there's somebody to save in addition to the artifacts. I don't know why that didn't occur to me when we were playing yesterday. But anyway, so I'm going to be able to grab one of these. And the one I want to grab, because remember, I'm all about trying to recruit Spider-Man. I need to grab one of the cards that has the Earth symbol on it. There are superhero artifacts. There are just normal earthly artifacts. There are alien artifacts. And then there are work artifacts uh, that different people might want to see. Like um, well, uh, like Black Panther here, he get, he wants me to see see me having found more Black Panther specific cards that got shuffled into the deck. So if I want an Earth one, I'm either going to grab Pim Particle Formula or Fangirl. Now that's going to come into my hand, and I'm going to get to play it right away. I think I'll take Fangirl. I mean, Pim Particle that is five points and a more powerful thing. But um. Ugh. Oh, yeah, okay, no. I'll leave Fangirl. I'm going to get the Pim Particle formula. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, so this goes in my hand. My turn isn't over until I played everything. So now, um, now here's one thing I could do. I could have Lenny, my boss, he could let me uncover something or recover something, or I could um, shift stuff around and do this action, which is called the uh, Collapse. You know, Lenny could create a Collapse. And what that means is when you trigger Collapse, the next player takes a card face up, drops it wherever they want. They have to be at least eight inches above, and then they drop it. So if somebody sees something they want, but they're afraid I'm going to grab it, if they get the chance, they might cover it up with something else. So now you can't get the Vibranium Spear until the, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, so I could do, that's a, one of the actions. Oh, shoot, I forgot something, folks. When I recovered Fangirl, when, when I uncovered Fangirl, there was an icon up here. Every time you uncover something new, an event happens. In this case, it was character sighting. That means the Hulk has left. Bye bye If I was hoping to recruit him, too bad, so sad. And a new hero came out, because there can't be more than five heroes. It's Miles Morales is showing up with Peter Parker. And what was the other one? Because I actually revealed two things, right? Oh, it was the Pym Particles. Um, when the Pym Particles came out, we had a Pym-specific event, which was all players got to draw one card. So I, when, when this first got revealed, everybody, me and everybody else, got to draw a card. So my turn goes even more. I got another construction expert. And then uh, when I revealed that, Miles Morales showed up and Hulk left. So if I was trying to recruit people, I'm still trying to get Spider-Man. Now, this is interesting. 
I could get Spider-Man and Miles Morales because uh, you can recruit multiple people. So let's say I am now going to play my Pym Particle formula. Um, it is going to cost me the one influence I have, which I started with one, and it either lets me vault a card or get three more influence. Now, vaulting a card means I take it and I put it under the vault. This is does several things. It is how you thin your deck. I mean... Um, but it's also, if I want to get this five points from the pin particle, sooner or later, I have to vault this, which means I put it under here and I've locked in five points, but I've also lost this very powerful tool. So I'm not going to vault this right now. Um, I am instead just going to play it as an artifact and that gets, it cost me one, but it gave me three. Uh, it's like the pin particles let my influence grow. Um, kind of, sort of. Alrighty, cool. I've still got two cards to play. And, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I am going to use myself not to collapse and make more cards come out, which, by the way, would also make another event happen. If you're desperate for something to happen, there are several different events that can happen depending on what cards are in the deck, depending on what factions you chose. I'm just going to have myself, Lenny, extract another card, and I'm getting fangirl. All right, boom. And now I've still got two cards. Uh, this game, the turns go fast, but they are also very rich. Uh, almost every turn you get to do a lot of stuff. Uh, I guess it might be a problem at higher player counts, but as a two-player game, we found we didn't have to wait too long for our turns. So I've still got my construction crew, which I could either use to reveal something else that would cause another event, or I could demolish something and get some more influence if I see something that maybe you want. Um, or you can always just discard your card instead of playing it. And that means, so uh, if you don't like anything your card will do, you can always discard to get more influence. I am going to demolish. Let's say I demolish. Even though the Hulk's not around to be impressed by my demolishing, I am going to get rid of um, this Vibranium Spear. I demolished it. It is gone out of the game. And that gave me two more influence that I'll be able to use for stuff later on. And finally, my fan uh, mail happens. Um, this goes into the artifact section. Because I'm not using it. If I was using this for a different type of action, it would go there. But instead, it goes here. And it says, hey, get three bucks or draw one card from my deck. Which means... Um, I'd get my I'd play through my entire deck and then remove this card from the game. So if you're desperate for a hero that or a, you know an artifact that you know is here, but I'm just going to get three more. So right out of the gate, I am crazy rich. I am done. That was my turn. I have no more cards to play. And so now at the end of my turn, I get to recruit. I look at everything I've done. I look at what the heroes who are or anti-heroes in some cases want. And remember, I already wanted Spidey, uh, Peter, and Miles. So, Spidey wants two uncovers. So I pay that, and I pay that, and it also wanted to see Earth Tech. I pay that, and I have recruited Spider-Man. Miles Morales also wanted to see Earth Tech. See, I had that there. I discard that to show I've spent that. Now, I could potentially recruit a third person. Oh my gosh, I can! I um, did two extractions, so I will pay that. I will pay that, and I'll um, recruit Black Panther also. And now all I've got left is one Demolish. If I had actually vaulted something, I could recruit War Machine as well. If, um, But, okay, so, I, I, I'm done. Now, I'm, I'm done recruiting people. The rest of my cards, they also go to the discard pile. New heroes come out, so then when it's your turn, you will have five heroes to choose from. And these heroes now live here below my desktop. And here's the thing. You can only have up to three heroes hanging out, helping you with the rescue operations and all that. If I ever want to recruit a fourth hero, I would have to jettison one. 
Now, um, sp uh, Miles is worth one point. If I spend two influence, and I've got a bunch of influence, I can he will allow me to uh, draw one card and reveal a card. Spidey isn't worth any points, but he gives me an ongoing power. For the rest of the game, I'm always going to... Anything else my cards let me do, every round I'm going to get to reveal something. And now, that might be good for a while, but eventually I might want to replace him. As the game goes on, I might want to replace him with um, Ant-Man, who is worth three points because Peter's not worth anything. But this is going to help me out a lot in the early game. And Black Panther is worth two points. And no, oh, as soon as I took Black Panther... I immediately got three influence and plus two if any Black Panther cards were played this turn. So, if I had grabbed this Vibranium Spear and played it, when I, when I recruited Black Panther at the end of the round, I would have gotten five influence. But I didn't quite do that, so I only got three. And now Black Panther is just taking up a spot. He's not going to do anything for the rest of the game other than give me two points if I've still got him on hand at the end of the game. That was my turn. At the end of my turn, I draw, and I need to draw three more. So, hey, I've got some cool stuff in here. One, two, three. And although none of them came up, that's boring. Let's uh, see if my next turn could have been a little bit more exciting. Uh, say it came that and that. And let's say it went really crazy. I got all of these. And on my next turn, when my when it comes back around to me, I if I want to play the PIM for, formula um, to be able to use it to get three bucks or vault something, I'll have to spend one. But when my turn comes around eventually, I might use my own power to vault something to put the PIM particles in the vault so I've locked in those five points for the end of the game. So those are the kind of considerations. You're building your deck up, but you're also trying to strip mine it for points by vaulting things as well. Or just vaulting things that aren't worth any points just to get them out of the way so you can get your other cards quicker. And that's it, folks. That was a unboxing beyond for damage control. I took a lot longer than I thought it was going to be because I got, got into it. But what do you think? Did that sound interesting at all? Was that fun? Are you not entertained? Hopefully you are. Let me go ahead and just put this off to the side because I don't think it'll make any sense for it to be here while I'm actually filming the other shows. Everything off camera. Um, Shanks says, I see, that uh, Shanks hopes that there's more to Solo than beat your score. It's, um, I didn't look at it very close because Jen was here, so I got to play it with her instead. Uh, but I think it is a, hey, you know what? To consider it being a win, you have to have scored 20 points. Which in the first game Jen and I played, um, I did terrible. I scored like, I forget, 17 points, and Jen got like 31 points. Uh, what else is there about the solo? Can't find somebody to play? Uh, as solo, you have to get 20 points to consider it a win. Standard rules for two-player, but if a card effect uh, targets another player, it targets you instead, so you can be your own worst enemy. Um, because one thing I didn't mention in all that is, I mean, I showed you the basics, but those four different modules, really, the rules say they are very, very different. Let me find the module. Specifically, where was it when it was telling you about setup, if you were thinking about The PimTech module allows you to grow your hand or shrink your opponent's. Efficiency is key. Mystic Manipulation, the Doctor Strange one, allows you to bring discarded cards back into play. Very sneaky. Your discard pile becomes a big part of the game. Mighty Asgards adds more aggressive direct action against your opponent. Kinda mean. That's not me. That's me literally reading the rulebook. And Vibranium Synthesis adds more card interaction for advanced players. Test your skills. So, um, it says you have nobody else. Because this game, 
I like it a lot. I love deck builders. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff here. But the game also has a lot of, oh, for me to play... I mean, like, one of the basic cards is the is a, is a Green Goblin Pumpkin Bomb. And whenever I play that, if I recall correctly, it costs me two influence to, to do, to throw the Pumpkin Bomb. But it lets me grab stuff, and it also lets me destroy one of your influence. Right? And so... I hated it. Every round. I was like, okay, I can't vault this thing fast enough because I don't just want to keep robbing Jen blind or destroying her money, basically. And the game has a lot of those kinds of elements in it. It is a very interactive game. And I haven't even tried the Asgard module where it says things can get mean. Um, let's see. And uh, in addition to the 20 points, the Damage Control CEO also wants you to finish the game with one of the following special character teams. Oh, oh, so that's interesting. So it is an objective-based solo game. You must score 20 points, and you must make, um, you know, the Arachnurge. You have to recruit Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and Ghost Spider. Or you have to recruit J. Jonah Jameson, plus the Hulks, plus um, any special character from a module. Or Martial Arts. You have to recruit Shang-Chi, and Black Widow, and Captain America. Because there are ways that you can go through the deck faster and whatnot as well. Um, so, that would be the answer to that question. So it is a score, but it's a score with objectives, which is kind of cool. I didn't realize that. It'd be kind of nice to have those objectives in the main game, too, as an extra thing you're pursuing. Phew. Okay. One of three segments in the bag. Let me get a drink of water and see how everybody is doing. Okay. Dee, dee, dee. Uh, uh. Right, oh, we were talking about Astro Knights. Let's see. Oh, is anybody using the question mark? Nope, nobody's using the question mark, so I'll just have to scan. scan. Um, all right. Yeah. Oh, Blue Sapphire, you and me both. Very hyped for Quantum Mania. No spoilers, please. I have not watched a single trailer. I don't know anything about what happens other than, of course, you know, the big bad is Kang, which, you know, was renounced, and you can't look anywhere without seeing a picture of Jonathan Majors um, somewhere on board. But I, I don't want to know anything else, so I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, hopefully that wasn't a spoiler for anybody. Oh, if it was, I feel very bad, and I apologize. Uh, let's see. People were talking about the comics. Uh, oh, uh, Anne en enjoyed the ASMR of my shuffling. That's quite nice. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I need to get it faster so I can keep the uh, flow going, I suppose. Or maybe that's anti-ASMR. I never don't really know much about it. Uh, all right. Oh, somebody is... Uh, all right, Mr. Boom is learning riffle shuffling. I love riffle shuffling. It's fun. It also has a really... Uh, for me, it's silly, but there's like a really strong nostalgic vibe because I used to spend hours as a kid watching my dad play Klondike. And he was a really master shuffler. And, you know, and I would just look over his shoulder and see, and you know, I, I kind of learned how to play watching him play. And sometimes he'd like me make choices and stuff like that. But he was just such an amazing shuffler. And I just felt like a silly kid fumbling. I can shuffle the first half, but I cannot do the bridge. But yeah, so riffle shuffling has a very near and dear um, uh, uh, meaning for me. Uh, let's see here. Oh, I see uh, people asking questions about... Um, Wakanda Forever, which hasn't been seen by everybody yet. I know it's on Disney Plus now, but I am not going to say anything. Because actually, you know what? I am sorry, Goblin. Can I get rid of that? That's a super spoiler question. And, I mean, you're a moderator. Yeah, I... Oh, let's see. I can reply to it. Oh, because I'm not actually in Twitch. Ugh. No more spoilers. That was a super spoiler. 
oh dear, the damage is done. Um, if people are watching this later, well, of course, I saw the spoiler way too late. Oh, well, I'm sorry, everybody. I, if I could have spotted that at the time, I would have nixed that instantly. Because that is like the, that is such a monster spoiler. Wow. Okay. Um, right, it looks like, oh, people are chatting. Hopefully people weren't too upset about that spoiler. Uh, BGG does not mention a solo mode flying Dutchman? You lie. Surely you lie. Board game. My precious board game geek? Uh, what is this? This is Damage Control. Marvel Damage Control. Wow, you're right. It says two to four. You know what? Let's fix that right now. Boop. Edit. Uh, maximum players, or minimum players, is one. I have the rule book in front of me. Not an advanced review copy and the last page defines defines the rules for solo challenge mode which is basically a two uh, which basically follows the rules of the normal game plus introduces a Team building challenge plus score 20 VP that you must do to win. Boom! Let's get that uh, set right for the record. That is a real shame. And you know what? I know why that is. I have actually talked to um, the Z-Man himself, Zev Schlesinger, you know, who is basically the creative director of WizKids, I believe. And he said, yeah, we have kind of this attitude that unless the game is exactly the same, if anything has to change about the game for a solo, we don't refer to it as, we, we, don't, we don't officially say it's a solo game. And that's ridiculous, especially because, wait a minute, what's it say on the box? Show me box. Box, box, box. The box very clearly, very clearly states one to four players. So... There were some mixed memos within WizKids, because I'm sure WizKids added this. They were probably trying to follow the... Uh, because this is the reason that Fantasy Realms, even though it's a phenomenal, an amazing two-player game, if you go on Board Game Geek, WizKids... I mean, I've tried to get it changed in the past, and WizKids just changes it back to say, nope, Fantasy Realms is a three-player game, which is insane! Um, but anyway, so hopefully that will be fixed, because I wouldn't want people to be misled. I mean, because I could... I mean, what you just saw... You know, it's a shame that you don't have an actual opponent to play against, but there are a lot of things that make the board keep refreshing and whatnot. I suspect it would be a blast, and I really like that idea of the objectives you have to complete to win solo. So that's madness to me that that information is literally being hidden from people on BoardGameGeek. So hopefully that update will get approved sooner than later. All right, what else is going on? Ah, uh, dee dee dee. Yeah, the mechanism matching the theme is very nice. It's a, a really good job by Omar Ali, I believe is his name, the uh, designer of Rap Gods, which I haven't played. But again, I was really impressed by this game. At the end of the day, I was a little bummed that there were enough opportunities for us to mess with each other, you know, destroy stuff. Um, like, uh, like, there's one ability that you... Okay, if I play this ability right now, everybody has to swap a card. I gotta give you a card, then my neighbor a card, everybody swaps a card. And so I waited until that was my last card I played. 
right? And so, and the event happened, and everybody has to swap a card, and I mean, because I, because I triggered this particular event, and I didn't have any cards to give away. So Jen had to give me a card, and I didn't give her one in return. And I felt really smart that I timed it just right, but I also felt really dirty because I effectively stole a card from Jen. Now, it was her choice, and she gave me a weak, crappy card that wasn't any good, and arguably you could say I helped her because I helped thin out her deck, and now my deck is a little thicker, but still... I don't know. Actually, yeah. With the benefit of hindsight, maybe that's why I lost so bad. Because all I did was I thinned her deck and made my deck thicker without taking the opportunity to give her one. Yeah. I wasn't quite as smart as I thought I was. I was kind of dumb. Go figure. Um, right. Anyway, though. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, but I mean, it, from what I've seen, there's a nice variety of card effects and all the events that pop up. It's very thematic. I mean, you can have like chain, re like one of those cards that says, hey, more rubble gets dropped in. That can trigger another one. There were times when we would have two or three or four cards in a row as like it just felt, oh, wow, there's a huge, you know, another building just collapsed and a whole bunch of stuff just came into the game. And when that stuff comes into the game, it's already face up. So then it becomes a feeding frenzy to try to grab all those artifacts so you can keep building your deck. I was really impressed by it. Um, oh, well, Goblin, to be fair, I guess it's a minor spoiler now because I believe that, you know, it's not like they hid that. Once the movie was out in theaters, didn't they update commercials and trailers to say, hey, by the way, um, before, all we told you was that, you know, Prince Namor was a character in the movie. Now, we'll tell you, who he is, where he came from, what the surprise is, you know, this, that, the other. And, and and so I guess you're right. At this point, maybe it is fairly minor spoilers. But for me, a guy who vehemently avoids all spoilers, and um, which is why I go and see movies that I care about the day they're in theaters, even if I have to bike 15 miles to do it. So I guess it's a fair point. I guess it's a fair point. You're right. I, I think that is probably pretty commonly zeitgeist-ish. That would have been really terrible if you'd if you'd posted that like a couple days after the movie was out in theaters before Marvel just wanted to shout to the world, hey, let's just tell all the secrets and surprises so you can't go in and be surprised in the movie like I was. Anyway, um, so buttons. So uh, I think we are ready to go to step number two. Let's make sure everything looks fine. Uh, uh, number two, the uh, Rado ranks. Right there it is. Limes in Cascadia. Does anybody know the correct way to pronounce this? This it's, I know it's not limes. It's it's a uh, Latin word. Let me see. Maybe I can just find it on the old uh, right. Uh, pronounce limes in Latin. Show me what you got. How do you pronounce limes in Latin? Says how to pronounce dot com. What was that? Limes. Okay, I will try to remember to say Limes. But we are ready to go. All right. Limes, says Goblin. Oh, all the uh, uh, Latin experts are coming out. Go figure. <clears throat> Let's see here. Um, bop, bop, bop. Yeah, okay. So that's ready to go. And actually is my other thing. So is that still... Because I'm actually going to do... I'm going to do a couple of shout-outs because a few people contacted me about cool things that are happening in the board game industry. And considering how many sad things are happening in the board game industry, especially today, there will be a question about it for people who are wondering. Um, the, uh, the very sad demise of Holy Grail games. Uh, but it'll be nice to talk about some good things. Talking about India's first and only board game convention that's this weekend and this cool LA Times article. So I want to talk about those first. So it'll be me... 
Um, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Rankining. Roto Rankining. What episode is this? This is number four, right? I think this is my fourth episode. Let's look at that. Rankining.roto.com. Yes, this is episode four. And uh, before we get to the comparisons, Limes, 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 I just want to say a couple of cool, exciting things that are happening in the world of board games right now. And I'll talk about the LA Times article, I'll talk about the, uh, the board game convention in Mumbai. And now, folks, you're ready to go. But now is when I got to get my phone out. Because I can't, I mean, it's, it's addictive to do this. I just keep going and going and I lose track of time. And then I end up with not enough time to actually answer the 50 billion podcast questions. So I have got now a 20 minute timer. So if you listen real close, you might hear off camera uh, around 20 minutes in a beep, 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 beep. And that's a reminder to me. Let me put it over here so I can reach it a bit easier. That'll be a reminder to me to start wrapping it up. Um, right. The Rankining. Do you like it, Primary Guy? I don't know why that didn't occur to me before. It's perfect. It's the Rankining. Let the Rankining continue. And considering how epic this whole project is going to be at the speed I'm going, although I know it will eventually speed up. There's no way it can't speed up. But sooner or later, it'll get to the point where, you know what? I've talked about almost all of these games. I don't have to spend a minute describing each game before I rank it. <coughs> Somewhere at some point in the future. Limes, Limes. Right? Limes. Ah, oh. oh, pronunciations are so hard. I want to be respectful, but it's hard. Okay, one more sip. All righty. Let's see. And no flash burn. It was not in the opening scene of the movie. Uh, the opening scene of the movie is probably... Well, I don't want to say anything for people who haven't seen it. But the opening scene of the movie is amazing. And it was something very, very different. Um, and as soon as you remember... Oh, right, yes. That. You know, one of the... Anyway. I don't want to start crying on camera. I don't want to really dwell on that because it was such an impactful scene. So instead, let's just focus on doing what we came here to do. All right? Nobody has put any big questions into the AMA, so I think I'm all fine. Um, righty. And, uh, oh, but hey, I was uh, not paying attention. Thanks for resubscribing, Ring OJ. And Norb X, I got so wrapped up in that uh, playthrough, I've lost track of time. Thank you for uh, keeping us going. Okay, so we are ready to go. Uh... Right, so there we go. Mm. Oh wait, oh wait, oh wait, oh wait. Should we do the? No, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, hey, we could do the uh, battle royale, but let's do the battle royale in between the two segments, shall we? <coughs> I'd say so. Um, right. So, buttons. Doo, doo, doo. I love how in my little impromptu playthrough, I made a horrible, terrible goof that Paula wasn't here to goof by. But at least I caught myself doing the goof that I forgot about those events. Oh, my brain is so scattershot. Look at, I mean, I shouldn't be thinking about that anymore. That's in the past. And yet, that's all I'm thinking about is that dumb goof I made in front of all of you live. Oh, Siri. Oh, and I see you're remembering now, Flash. Yep. Okay. And I don't say I said, why, oh, Siri. Because the Siri card came up. My brain, so scattered. So, all righty, let's do this to this. Let's put the reminder back up that while we're doing it, I'm not doing any back and forth with the audience. You folks, of course, can let people know when they come in that if they have questions, please uh, put those, start those questions with a question mark so I can be able to get to them after we're done with the segment if any questions come up. But otherwise, you know how it goes, folks. So let's get to it, Pruitt. Where are we? There is the Rotter Run logo. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, and here's the part where I recorded the ranking, which I'm not going to put here because... If you're listening to this podcast, you already have access to the full channel and you heard the ranking because I put that up a few days ago. Okay, let's see what came afterward. Clapper. Hey, everybody. Hey, Board Game TV. Sorry, I was in the middle of a show. Thank you for the raid. Um, hopefully, everybody was enjoying Lincoln. I'm sure he was painting, as always. Someday I want to learn to paint, but not today. Because today, folks, we you you missed... My deep dive into damage control. But hey, you can watch the show later. Um, you could actually go back. You, If you're watching live right now, you don't have to keep watching live. Uh, I don't know if most people know this on Twitch. You can, If you came in late and you're like, oh, I want to catch up, you can go to my videos tab down below and you will find there is a... Uh, a, a, a actually, let me, let's do this right now. Let's confirm I'm not a big fat liar. Let's come back over to the browser view. All righty. Oh, did I update? Save. All right, so that is saved. Yes, my progress has been saved. Fantastic. If you go to twitch.tv, not Ruel Gaviola, but Rado runs through. Let's run through Twitch, shall we? Here I am, live, loading up the various thing I was just doing. But if you go to, where is it when the screen is squished like this? I do not know where it is when the screen is squished like this. Is it below all these things? How do I get to, if I click that? Oh, there we go. Yes. So, uh, if you're watching, hey, you can watch now with all the viewers. Yay. And, oh, it just disappeared. All right. Well, click on me and then click on videos. And you will notice this is the video we're watching right now, folks. But it started an hour ago. And so, if you don't care about what I'm about to do, which is answer a billion and a half questions, uh, Q&A section that came in for the podcast, you could go back and start watching this right now um, by just clicking this video. And it'll jump back, uh, doesn't it? Yes, uh, yo, it, it picks up right, much right where we are, but you can jump around wherever you want and see what's going on. And so the stuff you missed. So you could like play this at double speed and catch up or whatever. Sorry, that's neither here nor there, but I figure not everybody knows that there is kind of a way you can hack uh, Twitch and rewind. What did he just say? Go to videos, go to the tab, and you can rewind. And what? Oh, he did say that. Let's get him or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway. But anyway, thank you for the raid, uh, Lincoln and crew. I am still hoping someday to get down to Los Angeles and sit down and uh, play some games with you all on the show because I love the show. But, folks, we are only... We have one more segment. I've done the un- the massive... Basically, it was less of an unboxing and more of a run-through of how damage control plays. I've just finished uh, episode four of the ranking, and now we are going to continue... With uh, finish out the show with the Rado Talks Through podcast. So here it is. That's wrong. Here it is. Okay. And well, I just need I just need you to be. Uh, I need to have a Google page ready, right? If I need to look up anything, so I've got this ready to do searches. 
All right. So right now, I am just preparing to make sure I am ready to do the next segment where I'm going to answer 50 billion questions that have been submitted by viewers and listeners like you. Look at all of them. So we're going to be here for a while. And, um, and if you folks have any questions, by all means, ask them in the chat, but start your question with a question mark. For instance, Mom Gator did it, so I'm going to answer her question right now. Hello, hello. Uh, oh, congratulations, Mom! You're here live! MG! It's so weird to call you Mom. Mom MG, you're here live. Uh, will you uh, not be doing live shows anymore, or did you misunderstand? That is interesting for you to ask that. Here's the deal, folks. Jen and I are about to hit the road. Um, we are going to be doing this epic two-month-long RV trip. And um, we will not have ready, sustainable access to um, internet. And so, I I am right now... In, I mean, so... We did a test a couple of weeks ago where we had an R&R show, but it was, wasn't uh, Rado and Ruel. It was Ruel and uh, Room and Board, i.e. Chris George. Uh, so we did a test to see if the audience enjoyed their chemistry. It seemed every much enjoyed their chemistry. And we, it was also a test to see what happens if I um, pre-record my segments, find a Wi-Fi in some cafe somewhere, upload them so that Ruel has them, so that we can do top... 15s in the R&R show instead of the top 10. You get my five, Ruel's five, and Chris's five. And so, while Jen and I are going to be on the road, that is the working assumption to see, uh, to make up for the fact that I will not have reliable access to be able to do live streaming. But you'll still be able to have Twitch Tuesdays with me still showing up, letting you know what I think, and interacting. And, and you know, while... I won't be able to hear their responses. They'll be able to hear my response. If you want to see an example of this, go check out on YouTube the top 15 disappointing games, where each of us listed our five most disappointing games of 2023. I think it worked really well. And so, um, while Jen and I are on the road, that's kind of the working plan. Although, we are still trying to figure out specifics right now. So watch this space, and we will have more information soon. Okay, uh, thank you. And so, folks, see, if you start your question with a question mark, I will spot it, and I will answer it. But, um, yo, and, and thank you also in closing, MG, uh, that I, I expect Jen and I will be... Why can't I put this on screen? What is happening? Oh, because I'm in that. Come back over to Talking Head. That Jen and I will be... Oh my gosh, it's broken. I can't put that on screen. All right, but I can put it over here, right? There we go. Uh, that Jen and I will be very happy on the road. We are both incredibly excited, incredibly nervous. I mean, well, Jen is. I mean, I grew up living on a boat. I, I grew up a vagabond lifestyle. My whole family living on a 42-foot steel hull sailboat. So for me, life on the road is, you know, kind of getting back to basics. But for Jen, you know, completely disconnecting from everything, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it's very exciting. Can't wait to see what happens. But we still want to keep you people uh, happy and coming back for more. So we'll see how that works in the future. And again, the first test of it, uh, the top 10, uh, the top 15 disappointing games of 2023 was really great. We're talking about um, doing another test, although it might not be until I'm on the road, uh, to do, what was it? Oh, because uh, this is like a really common one people have been asking for a long time. Uh, yo, games uh, that replaced other games. Yo, hey, here's a here's a classic we love, but here's the one we love even more. So that might be coming in the future. Uh, but again, uh, Ruel and I have to figure out all the particulars and the timing and all of that. So, phew. Okay. Um, right. So, <clears throat> let's bring the uh, browser back up. 
right? And, all uh, right, so we have that. We're ready to search for stuff if I need to look things up. And here we have gaming questions. So, folks, uh, this is, th- I'm not recording the beginning part of the podcast, so I'm just going to jump in like we're in the middle of a podcast. I did my intro, talked about stuff and whatnot, and then I said, hey, folks, we'll be right back. There is a commercial interlude uh, because there are ads on the Rado Talks Show podcast, unless you're back or on Patreon, folks. Did you know if you back on Patreon, you get a completely ad-free version of all my podcast content plus additional bonus content? Sorry, there I am self-promoting. But hey, that's what you got to do to make it in this world today. So uh, anyway, though, uh, we're going to come back and I'm going to say, right, folks, let's get going with these questions, starting with this one from Cameron, etc., etc. Hmm. Oh. But before we do that, folks, we need to fight to the death. Um, because it's not a Twitch Tuesday without a battle royale. So let's get to it. All righty. Where are they? Here they come. <clears throat> all right, all right. Looks like me and Poppy Docs are going to be uh, throwing down very quickly. No, we turn our back and I go take out April and Zen for one. And then I keep chasing Zen for one. And we tag team against Bo- Mr. Boom. Then I throw down with Retsum. And then we're two ships passing in the night while before Zakoon Z- uh, Games and I face off. And boy, folks, I did a lot of damage all over the place and took hardly any damage myself. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, and now, um, AG Fox, you just keep on running, pal. Billy Pratt, Goblin, and Strauss try to take me down combined, and I just take up. Uh, I'm two of the three are gone. You can't come to the Rotto like that. And now I am gonna finish what I started with the Zakoon Games. You just turn around, buddy. Bring that bowler hat and bowler hat turkey leg this way, and my balloon of death will destroy you. No, it won't. I'm down. All right. Well done, Zakoon. And Billy Pratt and Zakoon. Uh, Billy grabs that health pack, which he did. An old practice hand. Billy's been here from the beginning. And Zakoon, I think you need to run. Run for the hills. But it's too little too late. You took out the Rado, but you did not take out the Pratt. And that was the battle royale. Congratulations, uh, Billy Pratt. Although, again, you've been at this so long, I'm sure you've got 50,000 bajillion um, customization coins. But um, always a good fun time. And now we are ready to go with the questions. Right. Um, oh, <laughs> Mayor of Canada. I, that is, I, I, I love that you recognize that music as the song from the cable guy, but there is an earlier origin to that. Um, oh, 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 I love that mayor, uh, or that, uh, then goblin says it's from star Trek two. No, it's not. It's, from the original Star Trek. It's the Alexander Courage awesome fight music. Um, I do not think at any time during Star Trek II did Alexander Courage's music make it in. I'm sure maybe there's a little bit of homage, a few uh, light motifs here and there. But anyway, um, right. So here we go. Uh, got you queued up. Got the words queued up. <clears throat> going to put back on the thingy, reminding folks, if people show up demanding my attention, please explain to them that they can read that up there because I'm actually filming a show now and you're just in the audience. And, um, you know, uh, and of course, as always, be sure to throw a hey, listen at me if you notice hey, I made a mistake listen. somewhere along the way and I got to correct something. Oh, that's right. I got to remember, I got to edit that part of the other thing because because uh, I made that uh, Scott Alms mistake. 
What was it I was thinking of? It's not harbor, but it was something else. Was it village? No. Oh, I can't think of it at all now. That's driving me nuts. But that's a story for another day. It was farming. It was like a tiny epic Agricola, where if Laha, if Harbor was a tiny epic Laha. Harvest! Thank you, Goblin. Well done. Yes. I was thinking of Harvest when Harbor came up. An understandable mistake, I would like to think. And so that's why I started. I was, I'm glad you folks hit me with the uh, hey, listen, so that I didn't go too deep down the road and make, uh, make a fool of myself. All right. Anyway, though. So. Um, we got the questions, we got the audience, and I have got about 40 minutes to get through all these. Hopefully it'll be about a half an hour, and then we can do a little bit more stuff, and then we'll see who's online, and we will raid and have a good old time. <clears throat> but, and then this is the part where I recorded all the gameplay Q&A, and again, if you're here, that means you already have access to the entire podcast, not just the game stuff, but the personal stuff. So we're cutting all that out and then just getting to the final little bit of this bonus content. Oh my gosh, folks. Are you still here? 94 of you are still here? Oh my God, I went an hour and 15 minutes over. <laughs> so I guess trying to blow through the, uh, what's it? Didn't make much of a difference. I can feel it. I am so exhausted. Have any questions come up? A few. All right. Let's go. Let's, let's do a few questions. All right. Mom Gamer says, would you consider doing an autobiography podcast? Uh, oh, you mean, uh, you know, if, if there's a podcast that specializes in autobiographies and they want me to come on and answer questions about my life? Sure. I, I've, I've done that in the past. If you go to rotto.com, MG, uh, and scroll down to the bottom, uh, in there's, as I think like additional playlists. And one of those playlists is called interviews and events. And if you open that up, you'll see a lot of interviews I've done with people over the years, mostly about board games. But I remember one very specifically that was with Scott Alden, you know, the head of board game geek. And he just wanted to talk about my life in general. So there's a lot of autobiographical stuff in there. If I recall correctly, I think there's a lot of autobiographical stuff in five days to Do doomsday as well. So yeah, I've kind of done it in the past and I guess I'd be up for doing it. But, I don't know, these days, people still ask me to jump on the podcast, and I'm more often I say no these days, because I'm just getting so old and tired. <sighs> but maybe, you never know. Um, doing it myself, coming out, hey, let's put my own uh, autobiography on my, I'd, that would just be way, I, I would feel way too self-aggrandizing important, so I don't think I'd be comfortable with that. Next up, uh, Delta Von Tussle. After your evaluation of Santa Maria, how do you feel about Americo, San Juan, etc.? Um, the, those just gloss over the rallies. That is an interesting observation, Delta. You're right. I'm actually, if anything, punishing Santa Maria for actually addressing things hands-on in, in, a, in, a, in, an, in an academically interesting way, and I just can't bring myself to play it. Um, honestly, I think I'm going to get rid of San Juan as well. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to go on my um, going down to Board Game Geek. Although my copy is so old and so dog-eared, I don't think they'd have a use for it. Because I think... <sighs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough, it's tough. And Amerigo is in my wife's top 10 games of all time. And while she appreciates everything I'm talking about, honestly, I don't know where she'd come down. I don't know if she would uh, play Hogwarts Legacy. I think it's a good point, and honestly, I don't have all the answers. These are tough things to figure out, I'll be honest. But Santa Maria, when I actually sat down and really started thinking about it right at the same time that I was trying to, well, how do I feel about this Hogwarts legacy thing? I mean, uh, you know, the parallels were so uh, omnipresent. 
Amerigo, because they were cheap and silly and cheesy and literally dodged the question. I mean, that game, Amerigo, is so much more abstract. I mean, it could just easily be set on the moon. Um, or a, or an anthropomorphized animal fantasy kingdom or whatever it might be. Or it could literally be reformed into amoebas and whatnot, you know, spreading uh, throughout a Petri dish. The whole game could be in a Petri dish. I don't know. I don't have the answer for that. But, I mean, it is something I have to reckon with. Okay, um, Goblin says, if you were working for the studio that wanted to make Hogwarts Legacy, what would you have done? Fought to make uh, not anti-Semitic, walked out, etc. That's a really good question. Especially because once upon a time, I came this close to being the creative director on a Harry Potter game many, many years ago. Um, after the success of EverQuest, but well before World of Warcraft existed, Electronic Arts had the, the publishing rights for Harry Potter, and they were doing a bunch of ultimately just really quick, not very good you know, knockout games to make sure they launched in day and date with the uh, movies. But they were talking about, hey, this EverQuest thing's a really big deal. Maybe we should do a Harry Potter massively multiplayer online game. And uh, that is the reason I ever read Harry Potter in the first place. It's very likely I probably never would have read Harry Potter books if I wasn't studying to interview for this job. Now, as it turned out, they never did it, so it didn't matter. But over the years, it kept coming up, and I had friends in EA, and I said, hey, you put me on the list because I would definitely want to do that because my wife and I really love these Harry Potter things that I read because I maybe get this job. So, um, fast forward to today. If I were still in the industry, here's the deal. How long has Harry Potter been in development? Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy. I would guess at least three to five years. So I think the reality is I probably would have been working on this game well before um, J.K. Rowling really started to double down. I don't know when she first did that in defense of women that first thing she did. Was it five years ago? How long ago? I don't know what the timeline is. I would like to say, if near the end of Hogwarts Legacy, they had wanted to hire me, and I was still interested in working there, I would have said, no thanks, I'm going to pass. I would have passed on the job. If I was already working on the job, and then things developed as they have right now, and just gotten to the absolutely absurd lengths where she regularly... Now, just bruncheons with, um, you know, I don't want to say hate mongers, but with, with very misguided people, let's say, and, and signal boosts their message to the stratosphere, and it's directly harmful to marginalized people who need our help, not our hate. And, yeah, and, so, and she supports that. If I was already working on the game, everything was going great, and then that started happening, I think, I can't say for sure, but I think my inclination would be, I would have to go to my boss and say, this is bullshit. Oh, gosh darn it. I really try hard not to curse. I already have to add some other stuff. Maybe I'll try to remember to bleep that. I apologize if I don't. This is, this is a real problem. I can't, in good faith, continue to work on this game. Unless. And I would want, I would want to double down, triple down, quadruple down on trying to make Hogwarts Legacy a force for good. Now, I believe the developers did this to a certain extent. And they tried, and they messed up in some ways. Like, they did put an LGBTQ uh, playable character in, but uh, it's still a uh, apparently a, uh, a heteronormative actor playing. It's like, well, okay, if you really want to do it right, go out and get a... Um, 
you know, a, uh, a, a trans actor to do the voice work for this trans character. And they didn't, you know, and so, but I'm sure they were trying their best. So to me, I, what I would have wanted to do, I would have wanted to work with people in, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I honestly, I would want to reach out to Jesse gender. If you don't know, uh, her channel, she has a, she, it's another Star Trek channel, uh, YouTube channel. That's great. And I, I love her. And she is a she is a trans Star Trek uh, video maker. I would want to reach out to her and other people like her because because of that geek divide, and yet she's really knowledgeable about this. And I would want to say, what can we do here? Now, I suspect one of the big things that would ultimately come out of it to try to right this ship and make it a force for good. Uh, and the biggest thing is, I would probably demand, you know what? I'm going to have to leave unless you is it Warner Brothers? I think it's Warner Brothers. You have to commit. And they'd probably say no, and it means I'd probably leave. But maybe not. Maybe Jesse could give me some other advice. Because I would look for advice. I would want to talk to the people who are affected by this. That's the important thing. It's not my place to figure out how to make the world a better place. I, you need to listen to the people who are marginalized, and they'll be able to help you figure it out rather than you being a white knight and figuring it out for them. But I certainly think one of the big things is I would want you know $10 from every sold game of this to go to LGBTQ causes. So you know that when you're buying the game, you are tacitly, um, on some level, sending what? 75 cents of support to a transphobe that literally makes the world a better, a worse place. But at the same time, you are sending $10.75 to organizations that are literally making the world better. At the very least, I think it would start with something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, and I would want, in the rule book, full-throated, um, you know, uh, and I would want it. I mean, I would want, I would say, can we get freaking Daniel Radcliffe to appear in a video before the game starts saying, hey, everybody, I'm Daniel Radcliffe. I know most of you just want to sit down and play the game, but let me spend a few minutes talking with my friend here so we can give you an idea of some of the issues that are going on. Okay, we really appreciate it, and we really appreciate your $10 that went to these particular causes, and now enjoy the game. You know, I would think, I would think there may be something now, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but, I mean, I would I'd probably be trying to think about stuff like that. And if something like that couldn't work, I think I would eventually have to walk. Um, because it's the least I can do. And because I can do it knowing that I'd be able to get another job anywhere, no problem. So it's not like I'm losing anything. Just like, hey, just don't play the game. You're not losing anything. It's just a trifle. It'll be in and out of your life in no time. It's not going to change your life not to play this game. For me, and so, you know, obviously I know a lot of people who worked on that game they can't just get another job really easy. So, I mean, I'm sympathetic to that, too. All righty. Okay, we got the last one. Goblin, regarding sports, what do you think about the Olympics? The Olympics are not professional sports. I was very careful to uh, talk about professional sports. If the Olympics, which are quasi-professional, quite frankly, if the Olympics could stay true to the fact that they were a testament to our better nature... Um, and didn't become commercialized like they had. And I wish something like that, I, if we could turn back time and get it back to that, I think that's a big difference between professional sports. But ultimately at this point, I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I mean, honestly, I this is the first time this particular episode I have ever given much thought to my true feelings about sports. I've always just known, oh, I don't like them, don't care for them, not interested in watching them. This podcast made me really recommend, well, why do I feel that way? What is it? And I'm, you know, And again, I could follow up with this on a future podcast. You know, the stuff, their actual ill that I think it brings to society. Anyway, though, continuing. 
We, all right, what do you think about the Olympics, which at least in theory are about amateurs competing to see who can jump the highest, throw the furthest, or whatever, doesn't have the gambling industry so ingrained with it. I'm not sure you can bet on the Olympics. I'm sure you can. Uh, and I'm sure people's lives get destroyed all the time doing so. Um, but it's not the same as the focus on something like football or horse racing. Yes, so it's certainly better. Um, although in some ways, I mean, is it is it just a... Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure. I don't know enough about the reality of the Olympics. I know... Um, uh, that there is a lot of corruption and graft and real big problems uh, that destroy or that do real harm to hosting countries. And all the money that goes into it could be spent so much better just to see, as you say, let's sum it up. All of this money wasted to find out who can jump two inches higher than who than somebody else. And I say... Who gives a damn? It doesn't matter. It mattered more when we back in our primitive early days when being able to jump two inches higher could be the difference between life and death. I'll grant you that. But we have evolved beyond so many things. And sports being something that anybody cares about in any way other than just a fun, innocuous little way that you can compete with your friends and family on a Sunday afternoon. You know, uh, some buds getting together and playing some flag football or shooting hoop down at the Y. That's the only use for sport in today's society as far as I'm concerned. Um, and all the rest of it can go. All right. Phew. Alrighty. Oh, I see. I lost 10 people there. I got a little uh, saucy at the end. But folks, we are done. Is there anybody to raid right now? Um, all right, let's go to twitch.com.tv, not Ruel's page, and then let's search for board games. I am way deeper in the afternoon than I normally am at this time. Um, oh, I need board space games, don't I? Board space games. Uh, browser. Alrighty, live channels, hobby hangout, painting some Marvel, professional casual network is doing some painting. Hey, a bunch of you came in here from painting. Maybe you'd like to go back to some painting. That looks like a video game. That is a video. Oh, Blood on the Clock Tower. Yeah, that's kind of a, that's a board game. Fog of Love, girl games too. Folks, Fog of Love is amazing. Fog of Love is what the game industry needs more of. Um, there are three viewers on Girls Game 2 watching Fog of Love right now. Please stick around. Um, right, okay. Please stick around because we are going to raid them. Raid them, raid them, raid them. Come on back. Where'd my raid button go? What was it? Uh, girls Game 2. Folks, drown them in love and positivity for reminding all of us that, hey, girls game too. And games don't have to be about killing and beating other people. They can be about people working together. Oh, this makes me so happy to end on this. Where is the button? We are going to start this raid, folks. Um, the countdown is upon us. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, I can barely see it. Uh, here we go. We are ready to raid in three, two, one. Go, 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 go. All righty. That is awesome. And here is some Carl's Jr. <laughs> All right. Come on. Oh, I should have done that because I want to see. Uh, hopefully they, they notice. But even if they don't, hopefully they get a few subscribers. And hopefully two ads. Come on. Oh, yeah. If they have ads and they're affiliates, so they're, they're, they're not nobodies. They've, gotten, they've crossed that first threshold. Come on. There we are. 
I think they are way too deep into it, and they are obviously having a great time, and I hope everybody has a great time watching them. I'm exhausted. Three and a half hours. That was the longest stream I've ever done. Bye, everybody. Talk to you later. So long. Oh, bye-bye. Bye.